Welcome to episode number 24 of the Fibercast podcast, the platform for inspiration and optimization, where I believe everybody is an outlier in their own right, because I think that everybody has a story that's worth telling. This episode was one of my personal favorites. Um, I think it encapsulates and it represents the epitome of empowerment through vulnerability, which in my opinion is the ultimate form of power, right? There's something beautiful that happens when you're just comfortable enough to be open and disclose the lessons that you've learned through hands-on experience, be it positive or negative experiences, and that you're able to transmit and just lay it out on the table like Amanda does in this episode. And yeah, it's just like, I'm just super grateful that people like her exist you know i'm just super grateful for the fact that she was open enough and just down you know to come on the podcast and just share those experiences so yeah without any further ado here's my episode with amanda hope you enjoy it hope you extract some form of value from it and yeah i think it's just super powerful beautiful episode enjoy and we are live. We're live. We're rolling. Awesome. Thank you for your patience. Yeah. Thank you for uh, understanding this whole, you know, it's 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 still very primitive. It's in its primitive stages of development. Like I'm trying to work up to a better setup, a better system. But each it's time awesome. I sit. You're doing it. If you notice, like every podcast, every episode starts out with me saying, finally, we're live. Because right. it takes a little, you know, it takes a little few bit minutes. of a process. Yeah. Right. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thank yeah, you for, for accepting me. this invite. Because, f- like, from your perspective, I can only imagine how weird it is to, like, because, like, from every, like, every podcast episode in the past, right, like, leading up to this one, I just find it fascinating the people who actually accept it. Because, like, right. you're open-minded enough to, like, come into my basement, kind yeah. of, to, like, talk in front of cameras and lights. Yeah. Like, it, like if you break it down and actually, you know, write it down, like, what it actually is, it's very strange. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. It's not the strangest DM I've gotten, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I just wanted to start this one off by asking you about the coronavirus. Like, do you know about it? I don't. You haven't heard about it? I haven't heard about it. About the epidemic that's going on? I'm out of the loop. No. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like you should... (laughs) I should watch the news more often? No, 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 no. Like, I I don't want to advocate for watching the news because I don't watch the news myself. Like, I don't believe in... It's just too much negativity all the time. You know, like, it's just, like, consuming your mind. But essentially, uh, this coronavirus recently, it has broken out in China, I think, uh, because of maybe just... Maybe I did hear about it. Yeah. But maybe. brief me. Yeah. Again. <laughs> again, it's it's like, I don't even know too much about it. Like, they're still under, trying to understand it. But basically, it comes from just like this uh, conglomeration of just uh, meat production or this meat farming thing, uh, village in China, where it broke out and now it's a flu and now it's spreading throughout the world and China's basically trying to play it low key. Like they're trying to say like, nothing's like, it's not, everything's fine. It's nothing too big. Like you shouldn't be worried about it, Right. but they're quarantined um, like various different cities. And they're, you know, telling people like, don't travel to China or something like that. And it's reached, like it has reached Texas and people are dying. So it's in the U S it's in the U S now. And I'm just terrified about it. Oh my gosh. So and I this just, is all from eating meat. It's, is that what you're saying? Mm, I don't want to... 
Hmm. We don't know. See, we don't know, to be honest. Um, I think it's That's from unsettling. dead animal carcasses, I think, that it just spread from one animal right, to another. Right, right, right. And it's just... Uh, what would you do if this developed into like a zombie apocalypse? Do you think you would survive it? Oh my gosh. That's a question. <laughs> Very light question. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, I... <laughs> Sometimes I think like if the world was ever ending and like mm -hmm. I think about these things, yeah. like how would I make out? And I'd want to believe that like I'd be this like tough bitch, you know, like I'd get through it. I don't really, I honestly don't know how to answer that question. I think I'd be fucking terrified. I don't think anybody knows how to answer it. To right? I don't think I'm prepared for that. I think about it a lot too. Do you? And I like to think that I would be smart enough. I, I would have a strategy. I would be able to. I don't think I would. But when the time <laughs> comes, you would just like, just like lose your shit. Yeah. Just like lose your marbles. Like what the no fuck way. is going on? If you could choose a way for the world to end, what would you do it? Like what would you choose? What would I choose? Like yeah. how would I want to go out if the world was ending? Not just you, but you know, a uh, shared common destruction like the world needs to end like how would it end try to think of like a, a peaceful not so suffering way because like you know yeah. like you think like you know those movies like all the crazy fucking movies like world of worlds and shit mm -hmm. right with mm -hmm. tom cruise and like Aliens those and crazy alien monster that might be all right i might be cool with like getting out like that okay yeah if something Tom's, like that if tom cruise is around too like if tom cruise like, could be there <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'd be cool with that He's just like lending us a hand and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that movie's crazy. Because like imagine like a big like tsunami and like that's just like a painful way to go, like drowning yeah. or like yeah, something crazy and like Yeah. I don't know. I feel like some crazy alien <laughs> shit like coming out and like taking over. Do you believe in aliens? I do. You do? I, I'm a strong believer, yeah. What makes you believe like what do you believe specifically? Like, can you explain it? I just I can't I can't wrap my head around the fact that there's so many planets, mm -hmm. right? And like we're the only living thing on this one. Like, how do we know? Exactly. I just I feel like there has to be life somewhere else. I don't necessarily know if like the way that we picture them is what they look like. Mm -hmm. What if there's people that look like us out there somewhere, like on Jupiter or something? True. Nobody knows. True. Yeah, that just the idea, right? That the the universe itself is ever expanding, they say, right? Right. So like how is it ever expanding? And I think it's even ignorant to think that we would be the only life forms. Right. It's like, why? Like, what gives us that advantage over right. the entirety of the right. universe? I'm big on the universe. I think the universe yeah. is a, is definitely a big thing for me. Do you, like, are you a religious person? Like, do you have a religious Fairly. family? Fairly. I grew up very, like, in a religious family. Mm -hmm. Same. Um, yeah. I don't really necessarily believe the things that my parents and my grandparents believe in. Um, as I'm getting older now and... Being in recovery and things like that, I've kind of like taken my own path with mm -hmm. my religion. Um, like I have a higher power. Like there's some, I know there's some something greater than me. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily choose to call that thing God. Yeah. But the God of my understanding, there is something out there that's that's greater than I am. Wow. The God of my understanding. Yeah. That's cool. Like yeah. that's a dope phrase right there. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. And I would even go as far as to say like, the idea that people picture God as this hominoid being right. figure with a white beard that's looking down on us all right. the time. Like, if God exists, then why is there suffering? Like, why right. is there pain, right? Like, why right. is there... And then I've read recently, um, I forget which philosopher said this, but he was basically explaining the whole concept of duality of, like, good and bad. And he was trying to justify it. Like, like God does exist. And then someone questioned him, all right, so if God exists, then why is there evil in the world? Like, why... 
Like, why does evil exist, right? If there's an overwhelming, overarching good, then why is there evil? And then his response to that is that God is allowing for free will and freedom of choice, I guess he said. So if there's no good and bad, then there's no freedom of choice and will. So, right. you, so you don't have the willpower to choose. Right. So giving you choice is a part of his master plan, I guess. I like that. But then the uh, devil's advocate, uh, pun intended, uh, to that is the fact of like, all right, so if there's this battle between, incessant battle between good and bad, good and evil, then how do they, like, who is managing the playing field for that battle to take place, if that makes any sense? Like, they're, like for example, if you have like two football teams, there's a stadium, right? Right. And that stadium is architected, it's constructed for that purpose. Right. So who and what constructed and architected the battle arena for good and bad to take place? Right. So then you can kind of like, so so that's the concept of order. So like that's when it kind of crumbles onto that kind of. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't believe in God either. Yeah. Um, I believe in a higher force. I believe in a, a higher energy maybe. You know? Right. And at different times throughout your life, I think you can communicate with that. Absolutely. And it, and it communicates with you if you oh, yeah. allow yourself to listen. I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you briefly touched on um, recovery, right? Right. Um, do you care to like briefly explain like what that means? Sure. Like, like I am in recovery. I actually just celebrated six months. I saw that. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, yeah, I mean, recovery I'm sober. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I had a long road with a battle with those things for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said before, the God of my understanding helped me get yeah. out of that. So I'm very grateful yeah. for that. Because I mean, for a long time, like you, like you were just talking about, you lose, you lose your faith, you know, when you're in a dark place. And it's like, how could, if there's something better out there, how could my life be so terrible? You know, and like yeah. you kind of like just give up. But then when you see a little bit of light, you're like, okay, there's something that's helping me get through this yeah. besides myself because yeah. I couldn't do it on my own. Yeah. For sure. And speaking of not like not being able to do it on your own, like Lauren is here right now, right? right? Yeah. Like, like um, I wanted to ask you about like how important is it to you to have a support system to, oh to have like a foundation to fall on um, during this trepidation? like this trepidation that you're going through, which is recovering, right? right. Because it, I can only imagine how hard it is oh, for you yeah. to actually like sustain that. I would not have been able to do it without okay. the support that I have. Yeah. I have a really, really strong family that mm -hmm. I'm like beyond grateful for. I mean, for a long time I pushed them aside because mm -hmm. I had my self-will and I'm like, my self-will is stronger than anybody else's. Mm -hmm. Like, but I needed to give that up and I surrendered and, you know, I'm grateful for, my parents, my brother, my sister-in-law, I have a couple close friends, like without them, like I, I don't know how I would have done it. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very fortunate. Yeah. And what made you make that decision of like um, taking that step towards recovery? Like, was there a specific moment, maybe a tipping point or maybe a day that just that you just looked yourself in the mirror and said, no, like this is. It. Yeah, I've had a lot of bottoms. I've hit a lot okay. of rock bottoms mm -hmm. um, in the past couple years. And I think I just got to a point where like, see, for me, there was like a difference between accepting and admitting that I had an issue. You know, like there's a difference between admittance yeah. and acceptance. Mm -hmm. You know, I've ex I admitted to myself a while ago, like, okay, like I'm not really living the best that I could. You know, like I'm not really pleased with myself. I don't really like the decisions that I'm making, but I didn't want to accept it. You were still kind of in denial. Maybe. Correct. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. um, and then I think once I kind of like, 
I don't know. There was just a night where I was just kind of like in a really, really dark place. And I'm like, I can't. I kind of just threw my hands up. And my brother's actually in recovery as well, oh. um, like five years, six years now. Mm. Um, and I kind of just called him and I value his opinion the mm. most out of any, anyone in my life. And he kind of just said, yeah, I think you should go get some help. And I took it and I ran with it. And it's the best thing I ever did for myself. Wow. For sure. And that's so crazy to me, like how you actually had within arm's reach, like a idol or yeah. a person that you can actually look up to. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people who like they they know deep down inside, just like you said, like they admit that they're at that position and they right. want to seek betterment. But it's kind of like they look around and then they're surrounded by people who are maybe even deeper into that situation than right. they are. And right. so it's kind of like, all right, so where is North? Like I have right. no sense of direction. I have no moral compass here. Like what do I do? And then your own yeah. brother just, re you know, like extended right. his hand and said, no, let's yeah. go. Wow, that's Yeah, crazy. for the longest time, I tried to yeah. justify everything I did. Like, I mean, that. like, it's a, eh, like, this is bad, but like, it could be worse. Yeah. I could be like that. I could mm -hmm. be on that drug or I could be homeless. I don't, you kind of, you know what I mean? So yeah. anything I could do to justify how I was living, I did. And yeah. so I was like, okay, like, you have to stop justifying. Just pull it together. Yeah. Justification, right? Justification. And also, I think that when it comes to like addiction, for example, like, um, so my, my, it's a great, my grandfather on my mom's family, on my mom's end, uh, he passed away due to, um, alcoholism. So Sorry. he, it's cool. Like, um, <clears throat> it's been, I think, like 20 years, um, since that happened. And I was like two years old when he passed away. So I don't even remember it. Um, and like, I just started thinking about the idea of like, you know, it's, how do I put this? It's like you're, you know, the consequences of something, yet you're still willing to, you know, derail yourself from what is obviously better right. than that consequence. And you're like, consciously, like consciously walking down that road knowing that at the end, there's just like a steep cliff dive right? and you're going to fall into your death. And still people justify it. People like keep telling us, no, but you know, while I walk there, I'm going to be able to be happy. I'm going to be able right. to be free. I'm going to be able to do what I want, whatever. But then you reach that impending and inevitable um, jump. And then that's when people want to wake up, but then it's kind of too late, which, right. I, which I find sad. It's like, it's literally the definition of insanity, yeah, being an addict thing. or an alcoholic. Like you just... Yeah. You just keep doing the same thing, hoping yeah. that something different is going to happen, but nothing, it always, it just gets worse every time. Yeah. Do you, like, have you dealt with a lot of oversimplification, like oversimplification from people on the outside who have no idea what it's like and they'll look at you and maybe they'll make like, um, like downplay it pre-assumptions and say like, oh, like obviously, you know, like because of that or obviously because of that. And they don't really understand the complexity of the situation that they're like, like I can only imagine that, that there probably are like multi, like it's a multifaceted issue. It's not unidimensional, you know? Right. So there's like different factors that led you down that path, I would think. Right, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that don't understand. I mean, mm -hmm. I think like you can always look at somebody else's life and like want to pass judgment and like say, okay, well, like, why don't you just stop? Or why don't you just get help? Or why don't you just leave that relationship? Or why don't you just walk away? Or yeah. all these different things, you know? Mm -hmm. But that's why, like, for me, like, 
it's a journey that like I'm taking by myself, you yeah. know, because I have family and friends, but like I can't really explain the feelings that I truly feel and like why I did the things that I did or why I'm doing the things that I'm doing now. It's just, I don't know. There, there's been a lot of situations and instances in my life where people didn't really get it, you know? Um, and I've, I've tried to get sober before and I've had people like, oh, you can just have a beer. Like, it's all right. Mm -hmm. Like, no, it isn't all right for me to just do that. You know, unfortunately, I can't. Yeah. So a lot of people don't understand, but yeah. I have a lot of support of people that do. So mm -hmm. that's 100% true. Um, especially the part of like, um, like my personal issue with modern day society is like people don't practice empathy enough. Right. So I think that empathy, like any other muscle in your body, is a muscle that needs to be nurtured and needs to be cared for. It needs right. to be developed, right? So you can't – so a lot of people, are they just deliberately choose to walk about life being ignorant to other people's feelings, other people's just scope of emotions, basically. And then to tell you, like, hey, like, no, nah, like, it's cool. Just, like, have one beer. You yeah. know, like, no, no, hey, you know, like, it's, yeah. it's no big deal. It's just nicotine. Or, right. hey, just, you know like, – and that to me just blows my mind. Like, how can someone be that ignorant right. without even noticing sometimes? So like, right. they don't even notice it. And then right. if you call them out and then they get defensive and they're like, no, no, like, I don't know, you know? Right. Um, and have you ever like gone through like withdrawal like during this? Because like speaking on that, like you would maybe go to like a party and you see everybody, you know, uh, drinking or using, you know, or doing whatever it is. And have you ever had moments of like craving? heavy temptations? Yeah. Um, see, not necessarily. I mean, this, like I said, I've, I've tried to do this whole sober thing before. This is the most clean time I've put together. And I actually bartend. I bartend at oh, wow. a very high volume bar. That's crazy. Um, and I didn't go back to it for a couple months cause I was a little timid, you know, I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't know if I should put myself in a situation yeah. like that, but I'm at a point in my life where that lifestyle is just truly behind me. So like I'll slang drinks all night. I'll mm -hmm. make them all night. I serve them. Like people ask, we take a shot with me. It just doesn't, I'm just not interested anymore. You know, I mean, there's a couple instances like at family parties, for example, mm -hmm. um, when everyone's drinking and having a good time, I get a little itchy then, but okay. I know yeah. to remove myself from that situation if I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And you speak a lot about self-love, right? Yeah. What does self-love mean to you? Self-love to me is I falling in love with myself again, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, like taking care of myself inside and out mentally and physically and just being okay with being with me, mm -hmm. you know? Like not really needing like something outside of myself mm -hmm. to help me be okay. Like yeah. I'm, I fell in love with myself again and that, that was huge. Um, does fitness have anything to do with with, with that aspect of 100 like percent falling in love with yourself 100 percent. i couldn't like fitness um i think i saw this too recently where they said that um any form of addiction right like the best way for you to i guess overcome like any even bad habits like be it addicted to i don't know addicted to leaving your towel on the floor right you know, like, like biting your nails addicted to biting like your that. nails yeah like any little trivial thing is to substitute it with something better but then it's in that transition phase of making that conscious decision of okay i need to actually make that substitution and just like you touched on like nobody's gonna climb into your body right and make that happen for you right so people can cheer you on they can do whatever they think is productive 
for you, but you're the only one that's actually going to be able to determine the effectiveness of that outside input, if that makes any sense. Right, so right, like right. the input and output, and that's why I really um, respect the fact that like you're actually like diving into self-love and developing that self-love. And I think that that's the biggest substitute, the way I see it from like an outside perspective, right. obviously, like I don't know. But from an outside perspective, it's like, oh, so that's the substitution. And that's the most powerful one that you can make basically because like no like some people may i don't know like oh like i'll just um cure it with spending money you know i'll just buy a car i'll just keep like keep buying clothes i'll just like and then that's don't get me wrong i like to shop (laughs) shopping is great everybody likes to shop like i like to shop too you know um Mm -hmm. but they'll they'll just um be in that like phase of denial maybe of like not looking inwardly right so it's again it's just you pursuing another evil you know but it's just um clothed differently right and i use that because of shopping so i'm just full of puns basically so (laughs) i'm just a player (laughs) um so and then and then it becomes like the wolf in sheep clothing kind of thing you know and yeah do you meditate by any chance no i'm gonna be honest with you i don't yeah i um i've tried you know, mm-hmm. I think I'm getting better at like sitting with myself in silence, okay. but I do yoga from time to time. That's great. It, I guess it's a form of meditation, but mm-hmm. I don't do it for very long durations. You know, like I'm I'm more of a active, like on the go, like I can't just sit. Like my form of meditation is like being at the gym and lifting weights. Like that's mm-hmm. that's my time yeah. for me to yeah. like yeah which works as much yeah if not so more. i guess yeah, yeah then yeah. hell yeah I, so I just like do whatever feels right for you right? yeah and that's another thing too it's like um just because society says that meditation is the f- purest form of meditation like sitting crisscross applesauce you know f- fingers right. facing upwards i do that every morning but i do it because like i eventually grew into it right. right it's it's like trying on shoes or something like even if it's a little bit tight at, at first like if you start walking it kind of loosens up right um, but it works for me. But if it hadn't worked for me, like working out is another meditation for right. me, 100%. And it's just one of those things where I'll just walk into the gym and I don't, I'll say hi to the receptionist, whatever, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, don't talk to it's me. My time. Don't look at me. Mm-hmm. Don't even stare at me. Oh, I hate it. Am I finished using this? None of your business, bro. Go use something my else. My favorite thing <laughs> that happens like, at the gym is when someone comes up to me and like points to my earphones, like, you take those off so, like, uh-huh. so I can hear them talk uh-huh. to me. Like, no, <laughs> I'm. I'm busy. I'm not here to talk to you. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, what? like, who are you? Like, what the fuck are you doing? You want to go set for set? Yeah. No. Yeah. Now you can have the machine because I'm done. What's your opinion on, because I, I asked, I think it was Nicole, um, what's your opinion on being hit on at the gym? I can't. I mean, I typically make myself look fairly unapproachable. <laughs> like, I think that I just like. Just like put on the mask. Yeah. <laughs> like, just like, do I look nice? Probably not. So like, okay. don't come up to me. Um, so I actually don't really have that problem too often. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I tend, I don't make eye contact. Like mm-hmm. if I feel you looking at me, I'm not looking back at you. Like okay. I'm here solely to work out. Please don't bother me. Yeah. And if someone does come up to me, I politely like tell them to fuck off. <laughs> oh, so you're still polite about it. Yeah. yeah. But if they persist and then you eventually say, fuck, yeah. fuck off, bro. Yeah. I'm going to call the cops. Pretty much. Okay. Someone call the police. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call the police. No, because like I've I've always been fascinated about that. It's like the gym environment looking at because personally, I love looking at things from a psychological, biological framework. Right. I'm just huge on psychology. I, I just like <clears throat> love studying like the inner wirings and workings of the human mind and like how people work um so uh, approaching it from a primitive primal perspective gyms are the most 
sexually charged environments in modern day society, if you really think about it. Yeah, no, I agree. And like public spaces, um, other than clubs, bars, yeah. um, like daytime public spaces, you know, it's it's men grunting, um, testosterone flowing through the air. Girls walking around with Girls no walking on. around with like leggings, maybe naked, half naked, whatever. Right. Uh, pheromones and people, not just that, but like people are putting themselves in like these awkward positions to like right. squats and like right. lunges and just this and that. Like how do you not look at that? Exactly, right? right? Like right. It, it taps into like that primitive side of just the, the human brain, I think. And then also if you're a guy and you're just infused with testosterone and you're just doing bicep curls and then you see like a cute girl next to you that sensation of adrenaline mixed with testosterone like everything oh, just yeah, feels over. the same and then and then you're you're already like motivated and and already like feeling like high of yourself kind of thing right. and then you just approach her and and it feels natural it feels normal it's like oh hey what's up whatever right but yeah like Hitting on girls in the gym, like, that's something I've never done. And mm -hmm. I just approach it from the empathetic side, just like you said. Like, right. I'm here to work out. Right. I'm here to get the shit done. So right. don't approach me. Don't interrupt. And I think about also, like, the um, like how hard it is for anybody to motivate themselves to get in their car, drive to the gym, yeah. show up, right. put work, and actually, you know. And then there's some asshole that comes and tries to, like, fuck like shit up. Like, take all my time away. Fuck up the flow. Right. It's like, yo. Right. That's stupid. Like I'm in the zone and you're ruining it for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so if you could, like, say, is there a way to pick up girls at the gym? Is there a way? See, I was just thinking while you were talking, like, mm -hmm. if there was, like, a situation that yeah. I would be into. I, to be honest, like, no, not for me. I'm just not interested. No, when I'm okay. at the gym, like, that's just my time. I'm not there looking. For, I don't look cute. So, like, I don't want to be talking to somebody. Even if you're 10, don't come near me okay. because I'm sweaty. I'm gross. I'm just, no, I don't think that there's a way. It's just not the time I just place. don't know how yeah. I would ever, like, yeah, respond well at the gym. Let's say that you finish your workout um, and then a guy, a 10 for a you. A 10. A 10 for you <laughs> okay. is... Um, is also has also finished his workout and you guys just coincide to like be walking together towards the entrance towards the exit okay and then he offers you a smoothie or to buy you a shake and to just sit down and just maybe buy you a shake at the smoothie bar would you after the workout is finished He's I guess ten. if I had nothing to do. <laughs> if I had nothing to do, okay. <laughs> I'd have to check my schedule. It's like, yeah, no. check my time. It's like, oh. I mean, if I was like... I got five minutes. If I was attracted to him as shallow as that sounds, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of shallow... <laughs> sp it. Speaking of shallow, um, what's, what defines a perfect health... Well, not perfect because that doesn't exist, but what defines a healthy relationship for you? Healthy relationship. She breathes out. Well, <laughs> I know what defines an unhealthy relationship. Okay, so we can start from that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. What's an unhealthy? Well, I guess we can just. I'll base it off of that. So I think a healthy relationship. What <coughs> I would expect in a healthy relationship is good communication. Mm, That's okay. super important. Um, trust. <coughs> comfortability. I mean. Yeah, those three things for me. Like, I mm -hmm. want to be able to, like, leave my man or whoever, my partner, like, in a room full of females and be able to feel secure that 
nothing's gonna happen there. Okay. You know, I I have very bad track record with relationships, so <laughs> we all do, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's our fucking generation. <laughs> I get that though, like communication and trust. Yeah, I think one ties into the other, right? Yeah, like, there has to be trust. Absolutely. To be, like to have communication, communication yeah. is founded on trust. I feel. Yeah, and I mean communication, like, is key to like avoid arguments. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, arguments are a natural part of a relationship. You're gonna have disagreements, but like, a disagreement is okay. So, like, okay, maybe we could sit down and talk about why we're disagreeing on this. Mm. Is that naturally happen? Mm. No. Yeah. Typically, it doesn't happen. Um, yeah. But it would be nice, and I think maybe if you found the right person that like you can that you can vibe with like that, then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking for eventually. I would like to find somebody that I can just talk to and not, you know, because you disagree with something that I said, it has to blow up into a crazy fucking mm-hmm. argument. Yeah, yeah. I think that disagreement is productive, right? Yeah, I mean, I think It can be at least, right? I think that it's healthy. Yeah. To, you yeah. can't just be perfect in roses all the time. That'd no. be super boring. And it's also super sketchy, too, like, yeah. if you think about it. It's like, oh, that perfect couple. Like, yeah. what's really going on there? Right, you know? like, right, like, right, right, like right. Like, pitch-perfect Instagram, you know, uh, portrayal or... Right. And you briefly touched on, like, that's our generation. And I think that literally, like, nowadays, people will aim for that. They'll aim for the, I guess, the um, exoskeleton of a relationship rather than the interior. Like, they'll focus on the facade rather than the interior of the house. Right. So they don't build the house. They just build a facade. Mm -hmm. And then they portray it on social media. Right. And that's enough. Thank you. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) That's what it is, though. That's what it is. And that's what frustrates me because, like, they're... Like, you can sit down with one of those couples and, like, go on, like, a third-wheel date or whatever... And you'll see that they have like virtually nothing in common sometimes. It's empty. It's, it's empty. just a shell of a relationship. There's like n- y'all look nice out here, but then there's nothing yeah. actually inside. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no gro- like there's no substance. Yeah. I feel. And the the only way, f- in my opinion, to actually develop substance and you know grow as people individually or with a couple or with a partner uh, rather, is through discrepancies of like ideolo- like ideologies of like ways of thinking disagreements and then building off of that because i think those things are inevitable like the negatives of a, of a relationship that people avoid like people want to avoid a fight and they'll kind of sugarcoat everything and just kind of put it on the back burner right but it eventually catches up oh, of course and once it does pfft, right explosion explodes right which is no good no um I recently had um, in the poll that I did, I think it was the last poll or maybe the one before that, a friend of mine, she asked for us to talk about cheating. Mm. So <laughs> she stares at Lauren. Lauren's in the back. Shout out, Lauren. <laughs> hey, Lauren. <laughs> Lauren's just chilling at the bar. Um, <laughs> yeah, she just asked us to, I guess, just talk about it. She's like, what's, um, talk about cheating or, so I don't know exactly what the question was, but um yeah what's your opinion on cheating like that's funny um would you forgive someone if they cheated let's start with that now i would not now you wouldn't i was in a relationship where i did several times um and that made for a very unhealthy relationship per se um Mm -hmm. i feel like once something like that is done it's really hard to come back from that yeah you know even if like you really try and you really love that person it's like Okay, maybe they really are sorry, but I think, you know, once it happens once, okay, shame on 
shame on you once it happens several times like yeah. shame on me like yeah. i'm i'm the fool mm-hmm. um i think that cheating is just a dirty thing to do if you don't if you have attraction to another woman or man or whatever then you shouldn't be with the person that you're with mm-hmm. you know like let them go and then go do freely whatever you want why yeah. do you feel the need and i feel like a lot of people get high off it honestly like i can see that yeah. i know that people yeah I don't like cheating. I don't think <laughs> yeah. I don't think that it's good. Yeah. Have I done it? Yeah. Yes, I've cheated. Okay. I have. Um, yeah. am I proud of that? No. Was I remorseful? I was. Mm-hmm. Um I was young though. I was really young. I wasn't sure of the relationship I was in. He was a couple states away. So oh, okay. not see Long justifying. Yep. You see what Just, I'm doing? Right <laughs> Caught on camera, by on the way. <laughs> so, um yeah. but yeah, cheating's hard, especially now. I mean, like being older and stuff. I just mm-hmm. I don't have any tolerance for it. Yeah. And especially now, too, with, like, social media. It's so easy for you to cheat. Like, so easy. Like, the temptation is always there. And then, um, briefly, you said that that's not the worst DM that you've gotten. Yeah. So I can only imagine, like, it's, yeah, like, it's just there. It's just, like, calling you, like, calling your name. Like, you know, come right. DM this girl. Come talk to this girl. Come right. do this. Come do that. And that's, like, another thing <laughs> with cheating. Like, mm-hmm. I think that cheating is more than just, okay, like, they had sex with somebody else. I think that for me, cheating is like you find yourself erasing messages or putting your phone on silent or, you know, like anything like that. Like Mm -hmm. you delete a message like you're already cheating. You're hiding something from the person that you're with and you're cheating. You're already there. How about emotional cheating? That's the same thing for me. You same know? thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Like having feelings for so it's just like you said, it's um if it's not being channeled towards your partner, right, then you're not ready to have a relationship. Correct. Think, right? Correct. So like why commit to monogamy if you're you know, right. that guy who right. wants to you if know, you're not ready for it. Yeah, if you're not ready like for you can't it. have your cake and eat it too. That's not how it works. And I've been in several situations yeah. on both ends. I've been mm-hmm. the girlfriend that got cheated on and I was also the person that I was the mistress. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess, okay. Say. Okay. Yeah, I've been in both positions, and it's yeah. a shitty place to be on both ends. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this, but historically speaking, um, we as human beings, like we we weren't always really programmed for monogamy. If you really yeah. think about it, like we developed through um, tribal um, c- communities, relationships, societies, and during our like more primitive times, like we would, um, for example, if a female member of a tribe had a kid, <laughs> the entire tribe would look after the kid because nobody knew who the father was. So she would just, <laughs> <It's ridiculous. laughs> so she would just get a train ran, and then <laughs> and then, then everyone's just and, playing daddy, and then nobody knew who the father was. So yeah, so that's where the um, it takes a village to raise a child comes from. Because it's literally that. Literally. Yeah. And that's how like our society is structured kind of like school, you know, like there's the teachers and the principals and it's like all these um, authority figures of society. Um, did you go to college by any chance? I, I tried for like a you semester. Tried? It wasn't for me. me Trade too. school. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, when you first tried to go to college, like what were you thinking about doing when it didn't work out? I was going for graphic design. Oh. Um, I don't know why I was doing that, honestly. Oh, I mean, oh. I liked it. I took a class in high school and I kind of liked it, but it just, mm-hmm. college just wasn't for me. I'm just not a student. It's just not something that I'm good at. What about the, I guess, the structure of it that kind of threw you off? 
I just don't think I was ready. Ready for, for structure. Okay. Yeah, I was young and I just I just got out of high school. I didn't want to have to do anymore. Just like didn't want to be tamed. Yeah, anymore. like I just yeah. wanted to like run free for a little bit. Like I just did 12 <laughs> years of school. You know, like yeah. let me just chill for a minute. And yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure what I wanted to do really. I just kind of like threw myself in it and Yeah. No, fuck college. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fuck college. Stop. I'm just kidding. And like student loans and shit. Like Yo, I, student loans are crazy. Yeah, no way. They're crazy. No, and the idea of like going to college to like satisfy maybe your parents or right. maybe, you know, people around you and not knowing if that's actually something that you're passionate about. Like I went to college for like maybe two semesters, I want to say. So I'm a little bit ahead of you um, hey. <laughs> on that. <laughs> um I went the first semester I put pre-med and then the second wow. semester I put business and ad, um, business administration, I think. And then I just quit because I realized like I, like everything they're teaching me, I can kind of figure out on my own. Right, right, right. Not on like an egotistic sense of like I'm better than everybody. Like, right. I can figure, but it's really that like with all of these accessories that you have at your disposal, like there's podcasting, there's YouTube, like there's you could go on to YouTube right now and be very specific and search something up like how to make my dog backflip off of a diving board into right. my neighbor's pool. You'll find a video right. that teaches you how to right. do that. Literally. So, so, Literally, you can learn so, anything. So, so it's just insane to me. It's like, what, like, why pay all that money for college? Just for a piece of paper. Just, You're paying for a piece of paper. Just for a piece of paper, yeah. And, and a salary, I guess. And a salary. And a salary. And you're not even guaranteed that, right? Yeah. So you can have a degree at Harvard and pull up to all of the great businesses out there and present it to them and they'll just be like oh nah. yeah and yeah you know where's like, your experience you yeah. went to college good for you but where's your where's experience, your experience? <laughs> which blows my mind like how are right? you gonna ask for experience when i'm fresh out of college right it's like it's such a fucked up system in my opinion um do you wait i'm gonna pause you i have to pee okay no no cool cool, cool. <laughs> i'll just keep it rolling okay. and then i'll just uh talk to the audience okay um the bathroom um, actually i'll just have to text my mom, because she has to hold the, the, the dog. dog. Yeah, He doesn't bite. He's just very excited. Okay, that's okay. I can deal with a jumper. Are you sure? Yeah. He jumps a lot. That's okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, all right, so I'll just let her know. And then she'll show you the bathroom, too. Okay, cool. um, all right, guys, hold on. All right, guys, hold on one minute. Uh, we are. All right, guys, sorry about that. Uh, we are currently just waiting for Amanda and Lauren to come back. They went to the bathroom real quick and they'll be right back in a little bit. So I'll just chill here. Before, I used to pause these episodes. Um, but then I figured that by pausing them, it would get all fucked up. And it would get kind of confusing at the end. Because I wouldn't really 
know what to do, you know, like it would just all the cameras would be on at different moments. I would pause the audio at a different moment and the synchronization of the cameras was just completely off. So I figured I would just talk into the microphone with you guys. Um, if you haven't subscribed yet to the YouTube channel, it's Fiber Fitness, F-I-B-E-R Fitness on YouTube. And also be sure to listen to the podcast. Well, if you're listening right now, then you're already on the podcast app. And you can access it through iTunes and Apple Podcasts. I don't know if you can access it through iTunes, to be honest. I always say iTunes, but I've recently figured that it's actually Apple Podcasts. So, so yeah. So, we'll wait for them to come back. And then we will... So did he jump a lot? A little bit. He a little bad. bit. Now your mom held him. He's just very his agitated. His eyes are like bugging out of his yeah. head. He's like super excited. <laughs> Especially when there's new people here. Like he'll, while we were down here, he was probably like running around, like sniffing the door and trying to like figure out a way to come down here What's so going he can on? meet you guys. Yeah, because he wants to meet you and stuff. Very cute. So basically, um, I used to pause everything, but then I found that in like editing it would get kind of confusing because like one camera's off and then I had to like synchronize everything. So I just right. sat here and just told people to, to go to, to the YouTube channel where they can find this, I guess. Cool. Um, and yeah. So what were we talking about before? Forget. Forget. Okay. So college just, maybe. Yeah. Ended it with college. College. Um, what's your passion, I guess, in life? My passion. Um, wow. That's interesting. Again, it doesn't have to be like unidimensional. Like it could be a a conjunction of things, like a conglomerate of things. It can be like um, my passion. I mean, like as far as like career wise, or just like what I, like what I enjoy doing for myself. Let's get a little more specific with me. That's a difficult question. Yeah, I think that's a very broad question. Yeah. Um, let's say that you were given a canvas, okay, and you were given the tools to paint. And your task would be paint a picture of what your life would look like, of what your ideal life would look like. My ideal life. Where you're completely satisfied. It doesn't have to necessarily be. It could be if that's what you feel would would satisfy you. Um, it could be like house in the hills, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that. It could be like having my dream car, but it doesn't. It's like what would your life look like if you were to wake up every single morning satisfied and just spiritually satiated and just kind of like at peace with I yourself. think you're talking future or right now? It could be five years from now. It could be 10 years. If you're at that place right now, awesome. See, I'm at a point yeah. in my life where mm -hmm. I'm just kind of taking it one day at a time. Okay. Like I have to mm -hmm. do that yeah. because if I start projecting and then yeah. I don't meet the things that I'm projecting, mm. then I get super disappointed in myself. Yeah. So I try to just live in the present moment. So if I were to paint a canvas of what I'm passionate about right now, I think I'm at, at a really selfish point in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's necessary for me. And I think it's necessary for a lot of people to take some time to be selfish, yeah. you know, in, mm -hmm. in a healthy way. Um, so I probably just paint myself, honestly, okay. because, yeah. you know, for the longest time, I've always depended on like a friend or a boyfriend or my father or my mother, for example, mm -hmm. to like kind of like help me, like carry me through. And I just want to be independent. And I feel like I'm finally meeting that goal. Mm. And that's what I really wanted to do. So I'm passionate of just taking care of myself, like self-love, like on my on my 
like on my own, no, you know, financially. Funny. And I just moved into my own house and I'm getting a new car next week and I have a really good job. And like, mm -hmm. I'm doing all these things for myself. And I think that that's what I'm passionate about is just taking care of me. That's great. Yeah. That's a dope response to be honest. Like that's, Thank you. Wow. That's so deep too. It's like a, a, a self portrait yeah. basically, right? Yeah. So I lost myself for a long time, you know? So yeah. I think it's cool that like I'm on this journey where I'm still like, I'm still learning mm -hmm. a lot about myself, you yeah. know, but I'm happy. Yeah. Self-portrait. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Um, especially just like you said, um, it takes being selfish to be fully selfless. I, I, yeah. I feel like, right? Absolutely. So a lot of people, they'll maybe look at you um strangely if you tell them that oh like i'm gonna do this for me or i'm just worried about myself i don't want to really do anything else but focus on myself and developing and curating the person that i can be as opposed to just giving into temptations of like maybe going out every single weekend going right. out every single day um devoting yourself to others which is important which is great but i do think that selfishness is a precursor to full-blown selflessness right because then you're at a position to give right right so it's like put on the oxygen mask on yourself first and then the person next to you right? absolutely i like that otherwise you can't breathe right and if you can't breathe you can't help anybody right. like you're not in a position to do that right and i feel like what you've gained like through life especially like you've had a personal hands-on experience through these just very dark moments just like you said that i don't think many people will ever go through an experience you know yeah and i think that that it could have been an evil at the time but looking back in hindsight i think today you can maybe view it more as like a productive tool and as like a productive Absolutely. weapon maybe or to like take on life and to like take on life's obstacles and also teach people through it which right. is the irony of you saying that you don't like to be a student which i think that you'll actually be on this podcast teaching a lot to other people you know yeah. even without even knowing it for example like someone out there maybe they're going through it right now you know and they and then you serve as your brother to them right it's like oh shit like she went through something similar it's like, yeah oh, i'm like i'm there right now right and i, and I want to you know something i've learned along the way is that it's never too late <laughs> to be good again you know like yes. good for yes. like what you believe good is yeah because for a long time like i was really close to just kind of like giving up i'm like that's mm -hmm. it but like I knew that there had to be something more, mm -hmm. you know? So I kind of just, I'm like, let me give it one more shot and just see like what the fuck I can pull out of myself to make things be good again. And I'm really glad that I did. Yeah. And I think that kindness ultimately always wins. Yeah. Like um, yesterday, for example, just a quick anecdote. Um, yesterday I went to get a haircut and it was raining outside and I parked my car far away from the barbershop so i had to kind of like sprint to the barbershop and it was raining like super heavy and then i paid for the meter for the parking meter and i used my credit card and then i just kind of paid it rapidly and then i just you know took it out put it in my pocket where my phone was and then i just started sprinting and then i took my phone out and then, and then i think my credit card you know fell out of my oh, pocket no. then and then I was kind of like super like paranoid and just frustrated after I got home and realized that, oh, shit, my credit card isn't with me. I was scared of somebody like finding it, maxing it out or whatever, and then just having like, you know, troubles. Um, and then so I just called the, the bank and just asked them to, you know, cancel it. And they did. But after I did that, someone just randomly followed me on Instagram 
and then reached out, sent, sent me a DM and said, yo, did you lose this or whatever? Um, and then actually offered to, you know, meet up so they can, could deliver it to That's me. That's awesome. And it just blew my mind into like tiny little pieces. I was like, holy shit. There's still good people. Like there's still good people yeah. out there. It just literally like, I spent the whole night just like thinking about that. I was like, holy fuck. And then I told Anton that I would shout him out on this podcast because yeah, yeah. I, I, I was like bro like that's that's awesome that's so rare you're a good guy <laughs> you're a good guy for doing that like that's so do you would you place yourself on like a spectrum between let's say cynicism and you're gonna have to define that word okay um <laughs> yeah see like i'm trying to define the question as i say it okay um basically like are are you the type of person who believes in the good of humanity or do you believe more in like in the inevitability of chaos and destruction and then those few roses that you find in the field are the, are the ones that maybe sustain that little sense of hope or are you the one that thinks like oh like everybody is a rose but then the world kind of destroys them. Does that make any sense? It does make sense um, in a way. I'm kind of just going to dissect it. How, okay, okay, how perfect, I hear perfect, it. perfect. Um, so I think what you're asking me, um, like, is everyone good until something happens that makes them bad? Yeah, sure. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's kind of like trust until I can't trust you or like let me earn your trust kind yeah. of similar. Mm -hmm. um, I think that... Everybody, I think that everybody has their own path of life, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, I think that it's inevitable for the path that you're going to take because I think, I'm not sure how I'm going to explain this one. It's I'm a hard question a even asking it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to put, I'm going to just do it for myself because yeah. I think that I was a good person for a long time and then I got lost in the sauce for some bad things and that made me a bad person for a little while, but mm -hmm. I don't think I was necessarily a bad person. I think I was just caught up in bad ways. So I think that everybody, yes, okay. So in retro, I think everyone is good unless something happens to them that turns them a little bit sour on mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think many people are bad people. I try and view people as good people, you mm -hmm. know, unless like you're running around murdering everyone, then like, all right, you ain't really a stand-up person. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm talking in circles here. But yeah, I think no, 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 I think no. everyone's got a chance to be good. Yeah. I heard recently um, something that just blew my mind and and it ties into that. It's like um, someone said that they view people as children. Mm. And the way that they explain that is like someone cuts you off in traffic, causes an accident. You're involved in the accident. You're pissed at that person who right. did that. Let's say it's a 50-year-old fat guy who's just very, you know, just a shitty person. You know, he gets out of just his car. Just a miserable guy. Miserable guy, hates his job. His wife's cheating on him. You know, he has a lot going on. And then he takes a, all that frustration out on you and gets out of his car and wants confrontation. Instead of looking at that guy as the 50 or 40-year-old, or I forgot what I said, uh, guy in that predicament, in that reality, you would view that guy as like just a child that just right. got fucked like right. just just his childhood was fucked his growing like his development his nurturing like and then trying to like see like the the deep stemmed issues right. that that person might may or may not have that's why i think it's 
it's hard to judge people. You know, like you can't judge yeah. a book by their cover because you don't truly know like what's making that that 50-year-old fat guy so miserable, yeah. you know? Like maybe he was molested his entire life growing up and now he can't stand to look at himself in the mirror because mm -hmm. of something that somebody told him repeatedly over and over again, you know? Like for people that are in abusive relationships, let's take that for example too, okay? And let's say a girlfriend is like just constantly breaking down her boyfriend about like his mm -hmm. looks and things like that and then the relationship ends and now this person is just completely miserable and insecure so they kind of take it out on the next one you know so mm -hmm. that's why i feel like i don't think ever, i don't think people are born bad i think mm -hmm. things happen and then yeah. they just become miserable you know and mm -hmm. don't i yeah. don't know that domino effect right yeah it's like um abused becomes the abuser right and that's how it goes. It's like the codependent triangle. You know the codependent triangle? No. So there's like the victim, there's the martyr, and then there's what's the third one? We can the Google the perpetrator. It. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, the person Yeah, you wanna Google it? Yeah, for sure. Let's pull look. it up. I learned about this and it was super interesting to me about so it's the called triangle. The codependent triangle. The codependent. Find a more vivid image. Victim. Oh, it's persecutor. Well. Yeah, can you explain this maybe? Okay. Right, let's try to. So like the victims, like, you know, like poor me. Mm -hmm. The martyr just wants to save everyone. Victimization type of thing. Right. Yeah. And then it kind of just like, you just kind of keep moving through. Mm -hmm. So it says the victim triangle, the foundation of codependency, victim. Um, I actually wear glasses. I'm blind as a bat. <laughs> Do you want me to read it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so the victim, they're helpless, poor me, self-pity. They blame others, substance abuse, right? And mm -hmm. then there's unclear boundaries on all of them. Yeah, I remember learning that too. The persecutor abuses others, guilt to control, withdrawal, use of drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. And then there's the rescuer, which is also the martyr, suffers from discount. Discount Dis self Yeah, needs. discount self needs yeah. guilt to control, avoids true feelings, over stress. So like they that person tries to like save everybody. Oh, okay. You know? Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people like that. Yeah. That want to fix you too, right? Yeah. Fixers. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. like parents like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, where do you draw the line between being codependent and just caring about somebody? But Oh, that's so sick. Yeah. And where do you draw the line? Is there that's a line what I mean? Drawing? Like, is there? That's why it's like unclear boundaries. Cause like yeah. When I, I was labeled as codependent, you know, and uh, I didn't really understand that. But once this was all explained to me, I kind of mm -hmm. got it a little better. Mm -hmm. But I've played every point in this triangle at least once in my life. Wow. At least once, yeah. Like I've definitely like, mm -hmm. I've been in an abusive relationship where we were both abusive to each other on both ends. So I played the victim and I was also the persecutor. And then I was also the rescuer where I tried to rescue and it's just... It's a fucked up cycle. It's a fucked up cycle. It's a fucked, That's up, a fucked cycle. up triangle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, fucks people up. Just, it's fascinating to me how like one person can play all three of them. All three. In different phases of their lives. So right. so it's not like marrying one and just being that forever. It's like right. you can alternate between right. them. Yeah. Oh, that that probably fucks up like your sense of like positioning, right? Right. It's like. Like it's almost 
as if the, like if you imagine that triangle as a roller coaster it has its ups and downs but it never stops like it keeps going like it right. goes up it goes down it goes upside down and then you're right. like you want to get off but you right. don't really know have right. any sense of direction anymore like right just yeah lost yeah Damn, interesting insane. stuff that's insane and i'm a huge believer of just how people they tend to um how do i say this i have a lot of these moments where like it, it's there it seems clear in my head but then once i try to verbalize it, it, it just doesn't come out trust me i get it <laughs> um I believe that people, for example, if you are a person who has low self-esteem, right? The the way I view society or the approach that I also have is like that person that depicts and and displays themselves as being overtly something is generally almost always overcompensating for something else. Of course, for I agree. the opposite. I right? agree, one hundred percent. The girl, the guy who walks into the gym, who portrays themselves as having life figured out. They're, they have this insane level of confidence. They have this insane level, their demeanor, the way that they walk about the gym, like they, you know, that person is probably very insecure. Right. And then they're just overcompensating. Right. So like no, that's I how I view it. Right? Yeah. So like a lot of people don't really think about it that way. And then they'll just like accept it as truth. Right. It's like, no, they're obviously confident. They, they weren't born it. like that. Yeah. Right. Like she's perfect. He's perfect. Whatever it is. Right. And so that applies to everything. It's like it's the suppression of reality and then conjuring something, a subjective reality that you make objective to other people. Does that make sense? Kind of. Let's do that one more time. One more time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if I still remember it. Okay. Um, it's the repression of subjective reality, right. your reality mm-hmm. that's subjective to you, right? and the creation of another subjective reality that you impose on society and make it objective to them so it's kind of like you tell a lie so many times it eventually becomes true true right so i think that's what a lot of people do yeah they'll just keep telling themselves that too so it gets to a point where you're staring yourself in the mirror and it's a completely different depiction but you've just been so accustomed to seeing that image that you're just eventually like, oh, okay, so this is us now. Right. And you don't even remember who you were before. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think I also like to say um, people don't, like a lot of people aren't courageous enough to stare themselves in the mirror. So they, they'd rather and prefer that someone else draws them a picture of who they are. Right. Rather than facing who you Figure have. it out yeah. themselves. And just yeah. facing yourself. Like yeah. a lot of people are scared. Yeah, it's a scary thing to do. It's horrifying. I think. It's yeah. Horrifying. yeah. Especially, I mean, I think everyone, it takes a while to figure out who you are, but I think yeah. when you're involved in something that kind of like makes <clears throat> you lose sight of like where you were headed, mm-hmm. you know, like I was in that situation. Like I, for a while, I thought I knew who I was and then I completely lost every bit of that. Mm-hmm. Didn't know, like, I didn't know how I wanted to dress, what I wanted to do physically on the outside, who I was on the inside. Like, didn't even care about myself. I was so focused on somebody else for so yeah. long. Um, yeah, it's it's tough figuring out. Do you think that you ever figure it out like, throughout life? Do you think that anybody ever figures out who they are? I think it's an ongoing journey. It's an ongoing journey. I really right? do because I think yeah. I... I believe that people can change. Ooh, that's I a really good topic. do. Okay. Yeah. Why do you think that? 
I think that because I know that I personally have. Okay. Like it's it's a personal experience for me. So I believe that like if I can change from where I was, mm-hmm. like why can't somebody else do that? And I've seen it. I've seen people change in my life that I've been close to. Um, do I think that everyone is capable of wanting to change? Like there's some people that I think, how am I going to say this? I think that people can change if they want to. Mm-hmm. But you have to want it, mm-hmm. and you have to put the work in. It has to come from an in, innate yeah. place, right? Yeah, like you can't just do it because of like outside temptations or just mm-hmm. outside need of validation. Right. I think that validation cripples a lot of self development. Right. Like that to me is especially with social media, it's just exacerbated now because everybody wants to be go what to, they see. go to the gym and be better and stuff because you're going to impress people that follow you know and then you have all these motivational speakers and I'm very careful as to like not tread on those lines like I don't want this podcast to be motivational because right. I think that's corny and it's just cheesy I hate that shit like I hate I don't hate because I don't really hate anything like things just are to me right so I like looking at things um as a dichotomy but at the same time just a one thing so right. like something happens to you it simply happens the, right. the your human construct and your just construction of that reality in your head basing off of your emotions on your needs on your agenda makes it bad or good but right. objectively it just happens right so it's up to you to like make it good or bad so like that's how i view it but so again like i don't want this podcast to be like motivational per se but i think that like everybody nowadays like they just want to claim that they have the answer to everything yeah so you'll go on social media you'll find someone who can help you make a million dollars someone who can help you become a buddhist someone who like knows the path right Right. so it's just that story framework of like there's the protagonist he finds a guide Mm -hmm. and he reaches the goal so everybody plays the guy but nobody wants to play the protagonist right so like that's why i I find it insane like it it just blows my mind the fact that you're willing to come on here and be vulnerable enough to just express your story, right? Yeah. So you're being a protagonist right now. You're not being, and a guide. But the guide comes, like, this is why it just blows my mind. It's like the guide, you became the guide through being the protagonist without asking to be the guide. Right. So you just became it. Yeah. As opposed to everybody else who sets out to become the guide. Right. And then they just lose themselves because they don't know who the fuck they are. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It really does make sense. <laughs> I talk yeah. a lot. No, I like Lauren, it. I'm listening. Does that make I sense? hear you. <laughs> okay. It does. Okay. I just want to make sure that she's not just saying it just to say No, it. <laughs> no. I hear you. I like it. All right. Dope. Yeah. Um, I was going to lead this into something. Fuck. Hold on. Let me regain my train of thought. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Fuck. It was one more question that someone had for this um, episode. Uh, actually, I'm going to check my phone real quick because I yeah. took a screenshot of it. Check it. I think it was Andrew who was on here last. Uh, he had a really good question. Uh, where, is it, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, okay. It's... um. What was the greatest sacrifice that you have, like that you've had to make in your journey thus far? The greatest sacrifice that I've had to make in my journey thus far. <laughs> oh man. Very small, um, simple question. 
have to make a lot of sacrifices. Um, I guess for me, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe to some people this isn't like so crazy, but for me, like giving up that social aspect of drinking and partying like for me like I know I'm getting older so a lot of people put that down but like I don't have the freedom of being able to go home after a long stressful day and pick up a glass of wine mm -hmm. you know so like that was a really big sacrifice for me because yeah. you know people get stressed out or like they're they had a bad day or they're having an argument with somebody and like mm -hmm. they resort to let me just have a glass of wine I need to go have a beer you know something to just chill them out yeah. um I don't get that escape anymore okay. um which is a choice that i made and i'm okay with that but mm -hmm. that was a sacrifice for me to mm -hmm. give that up and so all of these feelings that like i feel i have to feel them i don't have the option to to numb them out or tone them down with anything um, so just because something that i read somewhere that like really resonated with me mm -hmm. just because <clears throat> i carry it well doesn't mean it's not heavy Ooh. you know um and i do i think that i portray that like I'm fine, you mm -hmm. know, but there's a lot of shit that I carry around and like, I don't get to escape that anymore. Yeah. Um, which for me is cool. Like it's, it's, I've been hiding a lot of stuff for a long time yeah. with mm -hmm. drinking and drugging. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, I guess that was a sacrifice that I had to give up. Um, I mean, there's times where I'm like, it would be nice to like kick back and be able to just mm -hmm. have a fucking glass of wine, but yeah, it's okay. So basically bringing your demons into light and facing them head on basically Pretty right? much. while everybody else neglects them and suppresses them yeah with that glass of whiskey that glass of scotch that right. you know glass of wine right after a long day right like instead of like folding it up and being able to put it away yeah. for a while like i just deal with it mm -hmm. open it up and That's just it. press it against your face right there. <laughs> yeah you said you're like you feel things now yeah like that's so crazy to me. Like that's so. It is crazy. Like that can like that in of itself. Like we can go so deep into that, and just the aspect, just the fact that like everybody in society now chases a dragon, right? They chase something that will kind of deflect them from their current obligations and their current reality, and then it ties into like not being able to stare yourself in the mirror, not being able to feel your feelings, right? And I think that like. For example, we're going through an opioid crisis, right? Everybody wants to numb the pain, mm -hmm. right? Opioids, they um, cancel out the receptors for pain in the right. brain and the mind. Um, and so people, like, even in healthy suburban neighborhoods where, you know, like, they're, like, making great money. They, they portray to have a great life, you know, a steady job, great family. And like the parents will give the kids medication, they'll take medication themselves, they'll pop a, a Zanny, they'll, they'll like pop, pop a Percocet or whatever, just to kind of wind down. Right. Because their day is too stressful, right? And the irony of that is that we're the only, like it's only in modern days, like in, in this zeitgeist that we're actually doing that. Like before us, it was so, it was so more, like it was more difficult for people to, live right and they didn't resort to you know these substances and these right. like you know uses of like opioids and stuff and just the uh, like neglecting the the need to to feel something that's nobody wants to deal nobody anymore. wants to deal anymore but yeah. everybody wants to play right everybody wants to receive the cards right. and, yeah and have a hand but nobody wants to deal it right what's your opinion on marriage huh. <laughs> 
My pick. <laughs> wow. Um, interesting. I um I I like the concept of marriage, okay. honestly. I mean, that's something like as a little girl I've always wanted to do. Um I didn't grow up with married parents. Mm-hmm. Um they got divorced when I was younger, but they actually just got remarried to each other. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's pretty dope. So um, I think that our generation is doomed as far as marriage. I mean, I think everybody has commitment issues. Like, nobody can stay faithful. Like, I think that everyone's fucked. <laughs> We're all fucked. <laughs> Isn't Lauren getting married to him? She is. <laughs> She's like the 1%. Her and my brother are the 1% that I believe are going to make it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, everybody's fucked. And then she didn't look at Lauren. And, no. the, and then Lauren's sitting right there. <laughs> yeah, I just, okay. I don't know. I mean... I want that fairy tale life. Like I want that fairy tale wedding and like, yeah. you know, the house and like the good husband and the kids and all that. But I'm a lot of my friends are married already and have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Most of them actually like 90% of my friends, but I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. I'm not even close to there yet. Mm-hmm. And I like, I beat myself up about it. I'm like, why am I not? I don't even have a boyfriend that I'm serious with. I'm mm-hmm. not even close, you know, yeah. but that brings me back to, being selfish, I'm on my own time clock, and like if it happens for me, it happens for me. If it doesn't, yeah. then that's okay too. I want to be able to be comfortable with myself before I'm ready to give that to somebody else and like lock it down. Yeah. So however long that takes, and that's okay. Do you feel kind of like peer pressured, maybe, of like seeing all of your friends getting married, everybody, and then yeah. just maybe subconsciously even like giving into that temptation or to that idealized utopian ideal of like the the prince and the princess living happily ever after? Yes. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, I yeah. feel like. Um, I telling this to my mother maybe I feel like I'm almost like rushed to catch up Mm. you know I feel like I missed so much of my my 20s are like a blur to me really you know like I spent it in a really unhealthy relationship I was high or drunk for most of it so like in those times all my other friends were like doing productive things like meeting a good person like settling down and having Mm -hmm. babies and I just feel like I wasted a lot of time so that's why I feel like I'm rushed like I have to like hurry up and catch up to them but then I have to take myself back to reality and tone it down a bit like it's okay like every I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason I really truly believe that like I had to go through all that shit to get where I am now otherwise I don't really know where I would be and that's okay Mm -hmm. but I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I'm supposed to be here and Whatever happens from this point forward, then it happens. it happens. And you're a better person because of it. Absolutely. Right? It's like it comes back to that question of if you could go back in time, would you change something? My answer to that, it, see, like that's a very hard question because yeah. obviously there are things that you would want to change, right? Like right. if you're a rational human being, you're like, oh, that was just atrocious. I would yeah. 100% change that. Yeah. But who you are right now, derives from that experience regardless right so like if you change that then it changes who you are today and would you you right i feel there's a lot of things that i look back on that i'm uh Mm -hmm. i'm disappointed in i guess we'll say like i feel like i've made a lot of poor choices i made a lot of decisions that maybe i wouldn't have made if i was in a better state mentally Mm -hmm. um I've done a lot of things that I'm embarrassed of, to be honest with you, um, that I feel like I wouldn't necessarily do if I wasn't in the state that I was in. Do I wish that I could change things? No. Like you said, like I am who I am now and I'm I'm okay with that. Maybe it I wouldn't have taken such a long time to get where I am now if I didn't do some of those things. Mm-hmm. 
But I can't beat myself up about that no, no, because no. these are things that happened and like it happened and I'm here now and that's okay. And you can't control it. No, because yeah. what am I going to do? Sit here and be like, well, what if and what if? And you know what I mean? I'll, I'll never a, get anywhere. Write a book about all the mistakes. Right. I'll just be yeah. constantly living in depression and I don't want to live in the past. I yeah. want to just keep it going. Yeah. So. And just like dwelling on what already happened. Like, I, right. I can't understand that. Right. Like, and like I've unpacked and lived in the past for a long time. Like I've just sat mm -hmm. and like lived there. Like mm -hmm. what the fuck could I have done differently to yeah. have changed the situation? Like there's nothing. Like it happened yeah. and you have to accept that and you have to keep it fucking moving. But that was you facing your demons, right? Because right. you forced yourself to be right. in that position right. to face them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Scary place to be. Scary place to be. But it helps. It's 100%. all part of growth, you know? I'm a huge believer of... Like anybody who aspires to, um, I guess, just catapult themselves into a different level personally, be it in personal development, be it in uh, relationships, be it in just any sphere of your life, like you have to go through this very dark, fucked up place. Oh, yeah. Like you have to go. People want to go to heaven, but aren't willing to die. Right. So I think that you need to die. That's why like, I feel like to, not to like toot my own horn but like mm -hmm. you know i feel like there's people that have just been living on the straight and narrow their whole life yeah. and that's great but like i've seen a different side of life that like that person hasn't seen mm -hmm. so like i don't know like i don't know how to explain it i'm i'm very grateful for all the struggles and the dark places and the things that i've seen and i've gone through and i've mm -hmm. been through and like those bad choices that i've made because now I have that experience to like look back on like, no, I did that and I know that I don't want to do that again. And it shaped mm -hmm. me and molded me into the person that I am. Person that's been on that straight and narrow their whole life, like they never had the, that opportunity or chance to mm -hmm. like, you know, like mm -hmm. I don't really know how to explain that properly, but no, no, yeah, you kind of feel me. And then you um, now you have a better appreciation for things that maybe they don't right. have because they don't right. have they're not in a position and they don't hold the arsenal that you right. have now because right. you've developed a substantial arsenal, right? right. So you're prepared right. and equipped for many things in life. Right. And then the fucked up thing is that those people who are on that straight and narrow path, any little earthquake or any little imbalance will just catapult, well, not catapult them. It'll just degrade them down right. into like maybe a steeper hole than you were in. Right. So even if your hole was like... Um, not as steep as theirs may be, and you stay there much longer than they did. Like you lived in there, right? So like you sat in there, like 100%. you meditated in there, right? And they'll fall into a steeper one, and then that's where, you know, I don't know, like stock exchange crashed, and then people were jumping and just killing right. themselves, and not you know nine eleven or whatever. Right. So and then people just take drastic measures as opposed right. to yourself. Like you'll recognize like right. there's a sense of recognition and familiarity with pain once you've sat and kind of just stayed there for a bit right because then you don't see pain as pain anymore it's just a inevitability it gives you a strength that i feel like a lot of yes. other people don't necessarily yeah. know you know 100%. because some people like view like you know sitting with a therapist or like mm -hmm. going away to a rehab or things in that nature as like a sign of weakness mm. for me i think that that like personally and for anybody else because i've been down that road that's you ha that takes a strong person to want to like go and better themselves mm -hmm. like i don't think that like oh like person's going to rehab because they're on mm -hmm. drugs all the time like no they're going to rehab because they want to get their shit together and better themselves and like they've seen a darkness that you don't even know anything about mm -hmm. you know so mm -hmm. like people on the straight and narrow i feel like are very quick to judge yeah. and i feel like people that have been down a really ugly path are a little more empathetic <sighs> for people yeah. that 
you know? Which is ironic if you think about it, right? It is. It is. Because it takes going through that for you to actually develop that empathy and think, oh, shit, maybe they went. Like, it's so much pain that you wouldn't wish it upon anybody else. And then you're just more careful in analyzing if that person has been there or not. Right. Yeah. And then also negative connotation towards seeking help, right? It's like you're going through. I think it was Chris Evans. He said that um, everybody should have a therapist. Yeah. So I agree. The guy's a superstar, A-list celebrity, you know, wealthy, this, like, like he's at the top of like the top, right? And if that person says that everybody should have a therapist, then I think we should listen. Right. right? Because he's witnessed, you know, every um, possible level of fame, wealth, uh, success, you know, like everything. And then even once you get to that, because like the way I see it is like, Everybody in society, well, most people, not everybody, but most people, they strive towards this utopian um, goal that is sold to us through the Hollywood machine, right? So it's like propaganda. It's like telling you that you should, again, it comes into like Disney and fairy tales and stuff. So relationships, it romanticizes. So the world around us romanticizes things that they promise us will bring happiness, but then they do that for their own benefit and purpose. Right. So they want to mislead us from ourselves. And then they kind of like dangle that piece of treat. And then we forget about treating our own right. self type of thing. Right. And so I think that, yeah, like facing yourself in a mirror and focusing on yourself. And then right. later you can develop that happiness. It like ties self-love back into it. Self-love, you know? yeah. It's really, self-love is really fucking important. It is, yeah. And the definition of happiness for me, I think everybody has their own definition, but for me, it's um, the level of expectations. Mm-hmm. So I think you briefly touched on just setting unrealistic expectations and then setting yourself up to fail because of those standards right. and expectations. Um, so if you, if you establish reasonable expectations and feasible goals, palpable goals, then the chances of you sustaining a level of happiness is much greater than establishing these utopian ideals. Right. And then looking around, seeing all your friends getting married, all your friends having kids, right. and them questioning you, hey, Amanda, when are you going to, you know, when's your wedding? When's right. this? When's that? It's like, why? Like, right. Just let Amanda let do her live. thing. Right. Let her figure it out. And nobody nobody has anything figured out, if you really think about it. Like, everybody wants to be the guide again, but nobody really knows. Right. Like, what is this? Like, I'll find myself just tripping out and just, like, thinking about these things. I'll just, like, find myself thinking of like there is no real purpose if you think about it yeah like everybody has their own purpose everybody and then they just portray it on other people sometimes like we're doing this and it feels right so you have to do it now right Amanda, do it it'll make you feel good i promise and then you do it and then you look at them it's like hey i don't feel like you promised yeah yeah where is that feeling right it's because you're different because you're you everyone's got their own thing everybody has their own thing do i talk a lot i like it I'm very I talk interested. A lot. No, I you're cool. <laughs> it's good though. Um, that's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to have a podcast. It's just like I want to see if, if just like I told you, like I'll have these things in my head and then I verbalize them. I just want to see if I can like make sense to people. Yeah, no, know. and you do. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Lauren, do I make sense? You make sense. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just like occasionally check in with Lauren uh-huh. <laughs> just to make sure. Um, so. Is there like any specific topic that you want to talk about that you feel would, I don't know, like what's one thing that you feel is often neglected 
maybe all right let's put it like this during your initial recovery phase um journey uh what's one thing that maybe if you listened to a podcast and people were talking about it it would maybe shed some light on something that you were personally dealing with and that you didn't really know how to go about it so it's like is there something that you feel that isn't really disseminated in society that you think should be spoken more about because we spoke about the negative connotation of seeking help right right? i think that's a huge one so that's really i think what i would want to touch on i think yeah it's really important for people to understand that like even though you feel alone that you're not really ever alone you know because there was a point in my life where like i had a lot of people surrounding me Mm -hmm. um but i felt very alone in my emotions because i had this grief of this really toxic relationship that i was dealing with you know that i felt like was almost like disenfranchised grief like it the outside didn't really understand or accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still something that I was dealing with that like was really, it was hard for me. And um, so I kind of like sheltered myself and isolated because I was feeling these emotions so intensely. And it was like, it was hard for other people to understand why, mm-hmm. because I was, it was such an unhealthy place for me to be. And now that I was out of it, I should have been like, yay, I'm free. You know, but I I didn't feel that way. Um, And I did. I felt really, really alone through that. And I think um, it's important for people to, I think it's important for people to reach out and get help when they, when they feel that way. You Mm -hmm. know, like I wish that I did it a little bit sooner. I wish that I put my hand out and said, I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. And I need somebody to listen and help me go, go through this because I'm struggling, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Yeah getting a therapist is important or just asking for help. Like somebody, there is always at least one person that cares about you enough that will listen, even if it sounds like repeated bullshit, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Getting, yeah. Sorry. I got a little emotional through that one. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. I mean, I mean, just feeling alone in a crowded room, right? Yeah. It's like feeling alienated because, and then also kind of blaming yourself for that. Yeah. It's like, why can't I connect to these people? Like, you'll look right. around into your family, laughing, having fun, your friends, and then you question yourself, like, am I normal even, right? right? So you bring about this topic of, like, normalcy, of contemplating normalcy. And I think that that leads people further down this black hole. It's like, you shouldn't feel ashamed right. for being human, for being imperfect, right? Especially in a, like in a society that markets perfection, you know, social media markets perfection. You follow influencers, you're perfect, and then you start just questioning yourself, like, "Fuck, like, why am I not like that?" But that's so powerful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just and you know, for like yeah. a person that like a lot of people want to know or like be around, you know, like mm-hmm. that's a lot of people want to be around me, and like you mm-hmm. know, I, I have a pretty decent personality and stuff, but like deep down inside, like when you're feeling so awful and alone doesn't matter how many people are surrounding you like you just still feel by yourself yeah it's a terrible place to be and i think that even translates like even if you um are successful in something and then people outside look at you and say oh but you're successful so you must be happy right right and then even you like but you're in this position where you don't feel fulfilled yeah i think feeling successful and feeling fulfilled are two completely different things oh yeah no i agree And 
yeah, just not being able to understand that. Like people on the outside can't really, can't ever understand that. Yeah. And one of the things that I briefly touched on in one of the last podcasts is like how fascinating it is that no matter, no matter how hard anyone tries to replicate you, like they could copy you down to like the, the color of the tip of your fingernails or okay. whatever, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's a clone. Right. They could clone you. Mm-hmm. But even by cloning you, they'll never really replicate you 100% right. because you're the only person that went through those experiences, those unique set of experiences. And I think that you sharing that, like somebody out there will definitely resonate with that and, yeah. they'll, and they'll actually like, you know, maybe take that step and maybe you'll be that voice in their ear that they never had, just like you said. Right. And that will kind of validate their need to like seek help and like actually better themselves. Like, hey, like yeah. you can actually do it. And that to me is the purest form of motivation. And 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 it's not like some like cheesy bullshit, like, oh, like you could do it, or whatever. It's like it's actually real because it's sustained by something real. Right. Something that you can't buy, you can't Photoshop, you can't Right. Yeah, that's powerful as fuck. And I think yeah. that like it's important for everyone to accept and understand that everyone's feelings are valid you know like regardless of how like you feel like what your opinion is on how Mm -hmm. they should be feeling like everyone's feelings are valid like there's been a lot of situations that I've been in where I feel like my feelings have been dismissed you know it's just because you don't agree that I feel that way doesn't mean that I'm not allowed to feel it so I think that it's important for people to know even if your feelings are dismissed that it doesn't make them wrong Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Because that's, that's where I felt alone because I felt like all the feelings that I was feeling, everyone was like, dismissing it. yeah, and it was like, that's really traumatic for somebody to yeah, deal with something yeah. like that. And then you're scared of demonstrating emotion after right. that, right? Right. And then like, how do you go on? Yeah. And then you just bury it. And then obviously that's gonna, that's self-destruction. You're self-destructing yourself because, yeah. Why do you think people do that? Like, why do you think people are so quick to suppress other people's emotions? I think that's kind of bringing us back to where, like, if you haven't been in that experience, it's hard for people to understand, understand you know. Um, But that's why I wish people were more open Mm. to things, you Mm -hmm. know, like, just because um, you've never lived with an alcoholic or a drug addict or because you weren't one or because you weren't in an abusive relationship or you weren't the abuser, anything like that, situations Mm. like that doesn't mean that it's not real. Like these things happen to people and like these are real life experiences and no matter how they feel about it, that's how they're going to feel about it. I don't know. It's. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I you get it. it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. <clears throat> I think that also people, people will go about their lives um, thinking of themselves as protagonists of their own movie. Yeah. So it's like the world revolves around them kind of thing and then it ties into empathy it ties yeah. in because i think empathy is at the root of everything like yeah if you want to accomplish anything substantial in life what would you recommend for someone i guess what what okay what would be the first step let's say let's create this hypothetical scenario let's say that someone out there right now listening to this <clears throat> is in a abusive relationship but not abusive and like they're like they're being abused the person is abusing themselves. So they're in a relationship with someone who's, you know, um, battling demons or not even battling demons, but suppressing them. Um, and they're just, you know, maybe they're an, an alcoholic, maybe they're abusing drugs, whatever. And that person is trying to figure out how to go about helping that other person 
knowing that they can get defensive that you know like they're not open-minded enough to helping themselves so right. like what would make them susceptible to allowing outside help what like what would you think that person should do in a, in a strategic so, standpoint I guess. that's a tough one actually because i've been on both sides of the spectrum mm -hmm. you know where like there's someone that i really care about that like i know that they're lost and they need help but at the end of the day i've been on the other side where it's like i'm not going to really accept help unless i want it mm -hmm. um so it's difficult but like i was saying like i think it's just important for the person that's struggling mm -hmm. and the person that cares about that person that's okay. struggling to let them know that they are not alone and that when they are ready that mm -hmm. they will be there to help them you and know, like they're it, hearing them too. Yeah, like yeah. I, I Listen. hear you. I yeah. hear what you're saying. I, I understand. Like your feelings are valid, but when you're ready mm -hmm. for the help, like I am here. I'm here for you. Yeah. yeah. What's your relationship with music? Oh my gosh, music is everything to me. Music is everything. Yeah, it's gotten me through some really dark times and yeah. helped me express. Like when I was happy, like yeah, mm -hmm. music is. Yeah. I definitely express my feelings through music. Because I like to say that I live vicariously through music and yeah, through art. No, like, I like that. I love art. I love music. And music is something that got me through my toughest moments as well. Like on this like opening a gym journey. Like it's very hard. Like it's been it's it's been three years in the making. So a lot of setbacks, a lot of like and I personally went I personally entered that very dark space. Um, obviously my dark space is different than yours and different right. than everybody else's. But you know, and in that dark space, I started, you know, having very bad thoughts, like thoughts of just quitting, you know, like quitting everything, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so you go into that space. But I think that the one thing that always stayed constant and that kind of was there for me, even when other people weren't, was music. Yeah. It's like, I'll just like listen to hip hop. Like, I'm, I love hip hop. I love rap. Me too. Because of what, because of what, like, the, of what it represents, kind of, it represents confidence it embodies perseverance and it embodies a message that you can kind of channel and weaponize towards your own journey if mm -hmm. you will, right so yeah like i can only imagine like how impactful music would have been for your journey right Absolutely. for just like relating to like even if you don't relate to other people you can relate to a song yeah so like that's so powerful to me yeah because you because you don't even know the artist yeah personally, there's right? a lot of good music actually that's got me through you What's know, one of them, like the main one? Okay, Juice World, R.I.P. I'm so sad about that. His yeah. music has been like, it's got me through a lot of dark times. Uplifting for sure. too. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, that yeah. song, it's called Fast by Fast. Juice World. Okay. Mm -hmm. Really good song. Definitely recommend listening to it. Do you? Um, were you a fan of Mac Miller by any chance? I was. Yeah. I feel like I lost a friend when he died. Mac Miller was a yeah. huge, huge, just like blow in my face kind of thing. Cause yeah. He was just uber creative, uber yeah. talented, um, and so young, like at yeah. 26, 27. Yeah. Sad. Um, and, I, and I was just thinking about this too, of, of just like how going back to like reaching out for help and asking for help. If you look at Mac Miller's latest album, Circles, and mm -hmm. his, um, the one before that, his last one, While Alive, Swimming. Yeah, yeah. And you analyze the lyrics, you'll see that he was already in that state mm -hmm. of just like my death is impending. Yeah. It is going to happen. Here's my last bit of music and farewell. You know? Sad. And to me, like looking at it from like a production standpoint, like why didn't the engineer that was mixing and mastering that album pay attention, pay to, attention that. to that? Right. It's like he was literally telling people, like predicting his own death. Yeah. And then it's like 
but nobody really wants to take the responsibility, I feel, or the burden to put your problems on my shoulders. Right. I think that's one of the reasons why people kind of neglect it. You know, right. it's kind of like walking down a busy city and you see a homeless person sitting on the sidewalk. Like you won't help him because it takes away from your right. life, I think. And right. then people view it like that. And I think that's the wrong way of looking at it. Yeah, I know? agree. It's I like agree a win-loss mentality like yeah. that shouldn't be the case and as far as mac miller's music it was like the engineer or producer was probably just looking at it like well this is an art this is a yeah. song this is mm-hmm. making me money people are going to listen to this yeah. you know they probably weren't actually hearing the pain behind the music for him it was just yeah it was just music yeah you know it takes yeah. it takes someone with an open mind to actually be able to hear stuff like that yeah you know because people hear but they don't listen right, right. i think that's a big one yeah yeah um do you like art like like are you into like i do yeah what's your we try and paint sometimes oh really yeah just like as a hobby just yeah i actually yeah it's good it's it's very freeing to me it's a form of expression yeah and in my opinion it's one of the like most free form of expression yeah free form of expression i agree i love sketching i love like just doodling i love just like sitting down and just like yeah drawing whatever comes to my mind i feel yeah would you so how do I say um, if you could hold on mm-hmm. let me just develop this better because um, we are closing in on we're at one hour and 30 mm-hmm. so then we'll start like wrapping it up up. um Mm -hmm. but there was one last thing that i want to say fuck i hate when this happens mind block yeah mind block Mm -hmm. it's just like it's so funny because before the podcast um you'll think that oh like this is why i don't prepare for the podcast right Right. because even if i were to prepare i think i would just fuck it up oh yeah i can't follow a script i can't follow directions nothing i have to just do it free ball it (laughs) yeah Yeah. imagine trying to memorize a script for a two-hour podcast i would be Look, you would be talking and I would be thinking, okay, so what's the next right. question? Not I, actually I listening. wouldn't be here. No, right. I would be in my head. So I hate that shit. Right. So I, so I prefer to have these brain farts and just like kind of just like deal It'll with come them. to you. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, Fuck it. it. Fuck it. Um, until it comes to me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just, because I recently saw that you, you posted um, something about a music festival. Yeah. And I just wanted to tie, like kind of go into that real quick of mm-hmm. like, what does a music festival represent to you? Oh man, music festival. They're just it's it's a beautiful experience to me. Mm-hmm. Um the first music festival that I ever went to, I went with just me and my brother. Okay. Um and it was a 3-day music camping festival oh, shit. out on the holy grounds of where Woodstock was, 69. Yeah, it was dope. And really? we were so unprepared for that, but it was an awesome experience. It was just whenever you go to shows like this and festivals, everyone is just Everyone just loves each other. Like mm-hmm. there, there's no bad blood, you know. And if there yeah. is, then like those people don't belong there. I feel. I mean, mm-hmm. Lauren can yeah. definitely. She she goes to them all the time too. Yeah. It's just it's very freeing for me. And I was a little nervous because I did just go to one. You mm-hmm. saw sober. I don't. Mm-hmm. I never went to them sober. I didn't need anything. I was just high off the energy of yeah. the people around yeah. me. It's just it's a really really beautiful experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love it. That's so true too, of like just everybody being so like open. That's it to love, right? Yeah, 
It's and like, just like nobody, accepting like everyone accepting for it. who they are. Yeah. Like nobody's judging. Everyone's just yeah. there to have a good time and enjoy themselves. And it's just, it's amazing. There's just like no ego, right? Nothing. Like ego stays at the door. Type everyone of is equal. Yeah. Everyone. Which is dope. That's insane. Yeah. Because outside of that festival, mm -hmm. you know, there's a yeah, there's a scale. Of course, of course, and yeah. Hierarchy, right? When you go in there, it's like that's all out the window and yeah. we are all just, we're all just one. And yeah. it's it's really dope. That's dope. Yeah. Have you ever like um, experimented with psychedelics? Yes. Yes. Um, because, so if you look at, for example, Steve Jobs, right? Steve mm -hmm. Jobs invented the iPhone after a lsd trip i think right and then he had the idea um like what was did you have any positive experiences with that like that maybe altered your life because i had a friend of mine on here and he occasionally like tries it out um and he talked about how every time he does it like it kind of helps him again diminish a little bit of his ego and break it down a little bit right. it allows you to become egoless it allows you to look at yourself from a more objective standpoint. Yeah, it's a very, um, psychedelics are very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, wasn't really my forte, wasn't really my choice, okay. but um, mm -hmm. the first time that I really ever experienced it on a spiritual level, mm -hmm. um, I was alone actually at a Electric Forest in Michigan. Um, yeah, and I kind of just, I went and I did a little bit of acid mm -hmm. and it was, that was the first time that I was okay with being by myself, wow. if you know what I mean. Um, mm -hmm. I can't say it's something that I think I'm past that psychedelic okay, yeah. thing, but mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely had a, it was a very interesting experience to okay. do that by mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Especially by yourself. By yourself. Yeah. yeah that was a crazy experience, wow. that whole trip. Mm -hmm. um, because I listened to um, Joe Rogan and he talks a lot about DMT. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's crazy. DMT, like... DMT is crazy. Have you ever tried it? I have. No way. Yeah. Have you really? Yes. Jeez. By accident. By accident. By accident. Someone doped you or something? They or? were talking about blasting off. And in my head, I'm like, oh, we're going to blow <laughs> some lines. Like, I didn't know what was going on. And That's insane. The next thing, I'm like, what are we smoking? And I did. Yeah, it was... Um, it wasn't as intense as a lot of maybe I didn't do enough. Okay, but yeah. it was definitely intense. It was it was too much for me. I would never do it again. <laughs> wow, it was fucking you did crazy. DMT by accident. Yes, that's insane. Yeah, because most people have like a like a preparation phase that yeah. leads up to it. Yeah, mm -mm. you're just like ah, DMT. Let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> most of my psychedelic experiences have been like not planned. Wow. Yeah, actually, every single one of them was not planned. <laughs> every single one. Yeah. That just blew my mind. Yeah. Because I've never done like any psychedelics um personally and but like I'm just fascinated by the idea of it, right? Yeah. So like I've watched documentaries of people documenting their experience and then talking about the experience afterwards and it's just like it seems DMT is probably the only thing that I want to try one day. See, but I feel like I have to build up to it and be prepared and right. just open enough for it. You have to have a very open mind yeah, to do yeah, um, sure. any kind of drug that like mm -hmm. takes you out of yourself. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I mean, I'm a recovering addict. So the way that I use drugs is different than maybe some people that can have a spiritual experience okay. on yeah. mm -hmm. acid or yeah. mushrooms or something. Like I don't, I go zero to a hundred. I don't really know how to just chill and relax. So, I can't really comment too much on the spiritual aspect. Yeah. I had a one-time experience with that at, it was cool, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it has a lot to do with just the mindset that you come into it with, Correct. right? And yeah. just the preparation and the purpose, I guess, behind the use, right? Yeah. Just like you said, um, there will be people who 
we'll occasionally do it as like a spiritual journey like they'll plan those journeys yes. and they'll be like oh like once a month we'll you know get with friends and just go to the mountains and just yeah. try it out right yeah as opposed I to i envy those people yeah Th- those people have a lot of time on their hands yeah, to, to just like, yeah. Be like bro like we're gonna plan it out yeah. like that's just too much free time yeah but uh yeah so we're closing in on two hours and cool. um essentially at the end of every podcast i like to ask the guests because like I'll, everybody i feel wants obviously the world to be a better place mm-hmm. right and they want to change it in some substantial way so i figured why not try to do something at the end of each podcast where in a ideal society in an ideal world that person ha- would would have the opportunity to actually do that and so what i mean by that is at the end of every episode i ask that the guest imagines that he or she in this case you um are walking onto the world stage you have the opportunity right now to speak and convey a message to all of humanity, seven billion people have it's a in- lot of pressure. No pressure, Ooh, at all. Just okay. like, no, casually. <laughs> seven million. You're just seven billion. <laughs> oh, bi- oh, better. With a B. Okay. It's not that many. It's not millions. Um, but everybody has in a headphone that's plugged in right now, and what you're going to utter into that microphone will be translated into their language, and they'll understand it perfectly. And you have this opportunity again. Don't overthink it, because yeah. I've had people overthink it. One person said follow me on the gram and that was it that's it um, because if follow. seven billion people follow you on the gram then you're <laughs> you're someone now <laughs> you're set you're set yeah uh yeah so staring into that camera you have the opportunity now to say it could be a phrase it could be a quote it could be a question it could be an original thought it could be anything you want you have this opportunity don't look at me look at the camera it's all you i'm gonna say to tie everything into what i was saying earlier that it is never too late to be good again and you are not alone and you can do it if you're in a bad place and you're struggling. Just reach up and ask for help. And you can do it. And follow me on the gram. And follow me on the gram. <laughs> so she added both of them together. Yeah. That was smart. You reeled them in and then <laughs> the hook. That's it. Thank yeah. you so much for coming yeah, on. Thanks for thanks so me. much for sharing. Yeah. Thanks again for accepting this weird invitation to be on the podcast. Awesome. Like, what's a podcast? Like, what's going on? Like, is it in his basement? That's weird. There's a mannequin right there. Name's Bob. Um, yeah. So thank you so much. And this episode will be available on iTunes, podcast, cool. and YouTube. And I'll keep you updated on the whole thing. Awesome. On the editing. And yeah, guys, thanks for watching, listening. See ya. Peace.